Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Folk Podcast. Today, we have a pretty serious subject matter. Um, we usually keep things pretty light here on the podcast, but uh, we do want to talk about something that that does come up, and it, it sucks that it comes up. Um, it stinks that we have to deal with this, but this is life. Today, we want to talk about dealing with loss and hardship as a Norse pagan. Um, it's something that we all have noticed um, throughout the last couple of years, um, is people messaging about going through hard times, going through a loss in the family, um, and ne needing to know how to get through it. I mean, this is why a lot of people end up turning to religion globally, um, is trying to find answers of why shitty things happen. Um, it's one of the few guarantees you have in life is that you're going to have shitty things happen to you. Um, you know, you're going to lose loved ones, um, you're going to get sick, and one day you're going to eventually die. And it could be really hard uh, to get through the day-to-day -day knowing that in the end, all that really awaits for you is death. Um, so why do people turn, turn towards Norse paganism to find the answers? Um, you know, in Christianity, they turn towards it because they're like, you know what, life sucks now, but at least I get to go to heaven. Um, at least that's the Protestant way of thinking is that, you know, one day it's going to get better when you die. The reason I think Norse people turn to Norse paganism, which is part of the conversation today, is because we provide, well, Norse paganism provides answers now and why these things happen and how to deal with them. Uh, so, of course, I have Ian and Caleb on today. Um, we're going to do our best to talk about this. Uh, again, we, we tend to stay away from the very serious subject matter, but we want to talk about this um, and hope that we can help people in the community um, understand why bad things happen and how to cope with them. Uh, so, gentlemen, uh, how are you doing today? And do you have any initial things to start this conversation with yeah i'm doing good um i mean as far as the initial things uh you know it was it was because of of loss and hardship that i initially got connected to hell i've brought i've talked about it before on the podcast um you know a little bit and then i went into a little bit more greater detail about it um regarding you know the entirety of the situation well not so much the entirety of the situation but uh more detailed situ uh more detailed about it on my instagram because i felt compelled because of there was a lot of stuff going on um regarding you know loss and stuff like that i mean that is honestly that's the most uh questions i actually get both from like the discord community and from the greater community coming through like Instagram is how do I go about uh, an offering to hell? I just, you know, I recently lost, uh, you know, a grandparent or loved one, et cetera. I've, I've honestly, that is surprisingly how I think about it, the majority of a lot of questions that I get because I've kind of established myself as somebody who is, you know, deeply connected with hell and I've done quite a bit with her. Um, you know, and still continue to do so. And so it's it's a weird thing to kind of think about that I have essentially exposed myself to um, quite regularly. You know, most of the most of the conversations that I've had with individuals, you know, afterwards, they have definitely had, um, you know, they from what I've been at least told and have had converse, you know, secondary conversations with them after the fact is they've you know, whatever I had, I had said, or, you know, explained to them has definitely helped in some way. Obviously, everybody's going to, you know, get over and grieve in their own, in their own way. But at least with the, the spiritual side of things, I've definitely, you know, um, had nothing but positive 
uh, returns from the individuals that I have helped and explained, you know, this is why I've done it, or this is how I've, I've done things in the past. And this is what has worked for me. It may work for you, but obviously make it personal to you and who to the individual that you are trying to honor in this, you know, offering or ritual that you were attempting to do. I would say maybe let's focus first on uh, loss in general um, to maybe kind of uh, specify it. And then uh, later on, we can talk about how uh, dealing with hardships, because I do think that there are two different ways of tackling these things uh, within the the Norse faith. Um, So with loss, there's it's a it's a natural human thing that we're going to have to we're going to have to experience Uh, the people that, you know, the people that we love, either we're going to die before them or they're going to die before us. So one way or another, somebody has to deal with that um, with that loss. Um, I can, I'm, uh, <laughs> we've, not done, we've not done a serious thing in a while. And I'm sitting here like, right. I need to make sure I say good, concise things. And like, <laughs> um, what's next to this? Um, fuck. Well, here, let me, uh, I'll take over for a bit and you can kind of get your mind in the serious atmosphere here. Um, yeah. So as far as loss, I have not, I have thankfully not dealt with any truly great loss while uh, seriously practicing Norse paganism. Uh, The last great loss in my family was my grandfather on my mother's side. Uh, He died in 2012, uh, the the winter of 2012. So it was, I think, January 2013. Uh, So nearly 10 years ago, so nine years ago now, um, which is really crazy to think about. Honestly, I haven't thought about that in a while. And that was also the first big loss in my life as well. And at this point, I definitely wasn't Christian. Um, and I don't even think I was down the path where I was practicing Buddhism at this point yet. Uh, but I remember, and I think I've talked about this before, but I remember when I saw his body, and that was kind of the first, you know, aha moment. Uh, when I when I saw his body, you know, I looked at through the casket and I looked down and I thought immediately, well, that's not my grandfather. Like it just wasn't him anymore. You know, he was gone. The the life in him got, was gone. The soul, the energy, whatever you want to call it, wasn't there anymore. And I could tell it went somewhere else. I don't think it just dissipated. I don't think it just went into nothingness. The soul, the light in his eyes, uh, him playing piano, the history of him, you know, his, you know, being a loving father, being a loving husband, a uh, great grandfather, all these things just wasn't there anymore. And I really started at that point thinking, where does it go? And I really, I, I couldn't shake the fact that I, I knew after seeing them that it went somewhere. And, and now looking back on it with my Norse perspective um, and looking into the history of the Nordic people is they saw that too. They recognized that when you died, you went somewhere. And, you know, they didn't really think about it too much. I mean, from what we know historically, yes, Valhalla is very celebrated. But for the most part, they just understood that when you died, you went somewhere else. And they understood that there was a connection between there that somewhere else that you could speak to that person or at least communicate in some way with that next world. Um, we can see that in their practices of burial. We can see that in their practices of offering, of ancestral veneration, of the way they, they carried on names, um, of the way they, you know, Uh, carried on just the memory of people, the storytelling in general. The entire Norse society is kind of based around death, or at least their spiritual practice, Um, but it's not in a way that is monotheistic in any way. The destination really isn't the focus. It's just an acceptance that it will happen. Yeah, I think think kind of just pointing out like a big difference as far as the religious spiritual aspect of it is, I believe we may have 
touched on this in past episodes. I'm not 100% sure because I know we did one for regarding the afterlife. Um, and, you know, it is that if you look at most forms of Christianity, it's uh, to a degree, it's you have to worry about what you do in the now to ensure that you go to a good place you know you are born with sin like that's kind of an unfair you know with a disadvantage to you are starting out with right you know from birth so then you know people are so much focused on doing good in their life where they don't really just sit and enjoy it knowing that there's a chance that you could go someplace really bad it's a 50 50 chance there's no you know if the answer buts it's you go to heaven you go to hell you know um and so I feel like that's where people get that it's become such a, a fear of, of worrying about where you're going to go on that aspect. But regarding Norse paganism, I mean, you have to be a pretty bad person to go to any sort of bad place um, within this faith. I mean, you know, Helheim itself going to, you know, hell's realm is not a bad thing it's you know it's an accepted thing and i feel like that's where a lot of people who have been in the faith for quite a long time don't necessarily fear death and what comes after and so i feel like that's why a lot of people who have been in the faith a lot longer you know or just have accepted it this this concept is we live life a little bit more to the fullest and enjoy the the things that we may or may not have um you know, thought of or enjoyed or appreciated so much in the past compared to, or compared to other people in general. Like there are definitely some things where I was like, I enjoy doing this. It's such a simple thing so much more than, you know, my own friends or family members that aren't, you know, Norse pagan or anything like that. And it kind of, sometimes it's just, it's a little weird sometimes to think about, um, you know, and it's something I don't necessarily fear what comes after. I'm, I have a pretty strong idea of what comes after, at least from my perspective. Caleb, how are you feeling down there? I'm feeling all right. I just, the re, I guess the reason I couldn't really speak that well before is like I had something that I felt like I needed to say and I didn't want to talk about it. Um, mm. That makes sense. Um, just because it goes into like some really, some personal stuff for me. Not, yeah. not really that's affecting me now, but it did in the past, but it's, that's the only way that I'm going to get anything good I mean, out. You don't have to share it if you don't want to. No, no, no. It's not anything that affects me anymore. It's just a thing that like for the longest time, I could not stop talking about this without fucking bawling my eyes out for like the last, I don't know, from like 2011 to 2020, 2020. Yeah. 2021. Yeah. Last January. Um, so I guess, and I guess I'm just hung up on the, on the thing of loss because the, the single most, like the hardest loss that was ever uh, for me to try to deal with uh, to this point. I mean, I'm 25, but my, uh, my uncle who, if any, if, if anybody listened to this, is close to me. They know that I was very close to him. I actually have him tattooed on my arm. Um, and he got killed by a drunk driver in a head on collision. Um, I think it was the year that I started high school. Like that's that uh, spring leading into the, um, that fall whenever we started it. But, uh, the biggest, the thing with me was like, I never felt like I got any closure with him. Um, it may sound like I'm going a little bit off the, the topic that we're made, that we're talking about, but I'll get to it at the end of it. Um, it may take me a few minutes. Um, but there for the longest time, I like, he was already, uh, cremated and in an urn. And the only thing there for me to 
try to connect with or speak to was a picture. Um, and so for years, I tried to search for a way that I could try to speak to him, talk to him, something. Um, couldn't find it. Uh, and that's eventually it led me up to where I was like finding paganism and everything like that. And I still tried to, to talk to him. I never could until I actually found these dog tags that he gave me when I was six years old. Um, and perform and like doing that ancestral veneration or that, that ancestor worship, like reaching out to him through that allowed me to actually be able to get the closure that, um, I needed from him. So that's, uh, I guess I'm going to the point of how, how to deal with it in the, the pagan and the spiritual aspect is, especially if they are an ancestor of any kind or a family member, you cannot, you can reach out to them through, uh, ancestral worship and speak to them that way. And that way I know that like, I wasn't even sure when I did it, if I was going to be able to connect with him. Cause I thought, you know, he was a Christian, but I've come to figure out that when I have family members that die, I can still speak to them in the afterlife for, I guess, whether they're there and I'm still, I'm able to talk to them if they're in, you know, heaven or whatever, if they're just in hell with the, uh, with the other ancestors. Well, I think this goes into a larger conversation of, you know, who's right. You know, is there just one unified destination of the afterlife when all humans die? Do we all go to the same place or are the Christians right? Or that one religion that mysteriously vanished a long time ago, we don't even know about Were they right. Um, was the flying spaghetti monster right? You know, who's right? And at the end of the day, you know, I guess if, you know, I'm asking myself that question, I think um, there really is only one place we go. Everyone just or, or, you know, one kind of set places we go. It's just everyone has a different way of interpreting it. And so I've kind of struggled with that myself because my grandfather was a very, 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 very Christian man. I mean, went to church every Sunday, played church piano, uh, you know, kept a Bible with him, has a famous story of him in the Korean War, how, you know, he had a Bible that carried through World War One and World War Two and made it to the Korean War and, like, stopped shrapnel from a landmine. Like, this is a, whole, you know, corn cornbread-fed Christian, you know, He's very down to earth. And so he wouldn't even understand. Like if I told him, grandfather, I'm a pagan, he wouldn't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. I mean, because he just doesn't even like there's not even an idea that there's anything else besides God and Jesus. Um, but he wasn't a dick about it. You know, he was honest. He, one of the nicest people you could have ever met in your life. I mean, genuinely, one of the, he would have given you the shirt off as your back. In fact, we had a lot of problems because he would like help homeless people out. You know, every Thanksgiving, there was always a stray, you know, it's because he saw someone during Thanksgiving. He's like, they need they need to eat. And so he was that kind of guy. And so I've always struggled with the ancestral veneration part, you know, as far as reaching out to him, because I'm like, you know what, maybe he is in his heaven and I don't want to bother him there. But at the same time, I, the same deal, you know, I feel like if I told him I was a pagan, you know, he it would just go over his head and he would still love me because that was the kind of man he was. And so, um, you know, the way I've reached out to him is by honoring that giving spirit, you know, so as often as I can, I try to, to honor that, you know, I try to buy someone's meal, I try to help somebody out. Um, you know, I try to show that generosity that he showed and that warmth. I mean, the man lived in a trailer park. He wasn't wealthy, but he, ma he maintained everything he had. Everything he had was nice. He might have driven the kind of old Chrysler Pacifica, but he took care of it. He might have lived in a trailer, but he took care of it. And so, I, you know, there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And so I think living those lessons is how I honor him. You know, it's less direct and more just, hey, I learned a lot from you and I'm going to honor that. Yeah, I think that's a good way to go about it. I hadn't. Whenever I connect to mine are the, the ones that I knew in life that have died. Um, there's never really been a thing of like, so how, like how, you know, 
this of, I guess like the spirituality of it, trying to tell them I'm, I'm a pagan or anything like that. I just feel like there's this way that I don't know. I feel like whenever whenever they whenever you do that, I feel like there's this enlightenment of a way. I want I guess I want to say because. I think I told you about this whenever I was, when we were in California, but like, you know, I found out that my, my great aunt died of cancer like the, the week prior, didn't know about it till we were there. And I just went out and gave an offering to her. And, you know, the, the important thing that I heard from her was that she was just, you know, she was happy where she was and that she was with family. And so I just like, I don't know where people go, but I just know that they go with people that they love. I think that's the the most important thing to think about with it. I'll drink to that. Mm. Ian, we've kept you out of the loop for a while. How are you doing over there? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, thinking about you know, conversations that I've had with, with people, like you said, being, having the, the, I don't know, reputation or the, the knowledge, you know, the, the experience regarding hell and, and death in the afterlife kind of, being a, a main staple of my practice, um, you know, I've had quite a few different conversations, you know, very similar to this. Um, like I said, a lot of people handle it differently, obviously, but ultimately I would say the, the overall idea or like the, the point that people want to make and, and or get across is that they want to, you know, kind of like what Caleb was saying is, is that sense of a closure. I feel like, um, you know, I've experienced it myself. Um, you know, I didn't even really give myself a lot of full closure uh, with the situation that I had spoken about um, with losing a child that was, you know, wasn't unfortunately not born um, until I had done my first big ritual. Um, it was actually the very first uh, gathering that I had put on in Texas. You know, I had done a, a hell ritual um, to honor, you know, not just the, you know, not just for that specific thing, that wasn't the intention, but it was, you know, the, the honor the ancestors and, and loved ones and people that we cared about that are no longer, you know, in this world. Um, you know, and it was, it was a big thing for me. And when I kind of had like, I'd finished the ritual, I kind of closed it and everything, you know, that's when it, it really hit me, you know, and I literally kind of fumbled off into the darkness, uh, into the trees nearby where we were at. And I kind of just, you know, I lost it a little bit because then it, it hit me. And at that point, a, not very, I think only one person that was at that gathering had known about the situation. You know, so for a lot of people, it was uh, news, you know, it was something that they didn't know about because it's, it's, you know, everybody handles things differently. I've always been not necessarily the quiet brooding type, but I've always, so I've always been the person that has internalized a lot of things that kind of process it myself and I'll, you know, I'll figure it out in due time. Um, and I feel like with stepping, you know, deeper into um, my practice as a Norse pagan has definitely helped me kind of not so much self or like internalize things on my own. It's kind of let me be a little bit more open with it, with, you know, with deities like hell um, and to kind of, you know, in a sense, have a conversation and speak about it a lot more. And I don't necessarily, you know, I'm not as worried about where, that individual is going, or I don't necessarily worry about where I'm going anymore. I know I've, I've, to normal people, I would say that aren't Norse pagan. I say my, you know, my general sentence I say is like, oh, my, my idea of, of death is very skewed from what most people would, you know, 
think about because it, it's something that I know is going to happen and come for us eventually all, you know, it is the one guarantee in life. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's, I'm trying to think of where I'm taking this now. <laughs> I'll, I'll transition a, over here to uh, Valhalla is overrated is what I'll say. Yes. That's my statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a hundred percent overrated. It's, it's, uh, but it's, yeah, my goodness. I'm not even going to go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I talked about this uh, about a year ago. I did my, uh, my uh, Valhalla problem or whatever I called it video. Uh, the Valhalla dilemma. And it's just like this over obsession with Valhalla. And I mean, this comes directly from the Vikings TV show. This comes directly from Viking media is Valhalla is so, so over romanticized. I mean, it's something that we see even with like Wagner, like the original, you know, ride, ride of the Valkyries, you know, or, you know, the original plays, you know, Valhalla has just been that thing. That's just this, this golden icon of, you know, the afterlife. And it just doesn't seem to be that important. <laughs> you know, like you look at what people say now about Valhalla and you look about the, you know, the burial practices and and stuff like that from people that died in, you know, Iron Age and Bronze Age Scandinavia and even in Germania. They didn't seem to be too concerned with the afterlife. I mean, it was one of those things. It was definitely a journey. Like they were usually buried with their items. They were buried with shields, weapons. You know, sometimes that's why they were buried in ships. I mean, the whole idea of ships being used as a burial practice um, is all across Scandinavia. And it's all because it seems like there's a journey. And that's what they understood. And I don't think that really translates to Valhalla much. No, not at all. I mean, honestly, for for anybody that's looking for a a very solid read i've brought it up before on, on one of our earlier episodes that we did talking about books and i think i may have brought it up on our afterlife pretty sure i did on our the afterlife discussion that we had a while ago um is the book called the road to hell and that hits a very a very um uh you know what we legitimately know of how uh a lot of scandinavian scandinavian <laughs> it covers a lot of what the scandinavians you know practice as far as legitimate burial rites and things like that from archaeological evidence and stuff like that but then it also throws in the spiritual aspect of it and it's it's a super interesting read and it, honestly i feel like I'll, i've recommended it to quite a few people um you know and i feel like that has helped me with my own personal practice as far as kind of explaining things and exploring different um, aspects that I would potentially lead a link with hell and the, you know, just the afterlife in general. Um, but overall, I feel like it's just a good read. I think everybody should, should read that book at least once. Oh my gosh. Um, that book's so expensive. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It's $40. Oh, it was gift. It was gifted to me. So <laughs> the hardback, <laughs> it, the hardcover is more expensive than the paperback. What is this? Oh yeah, I, I mean, have the hardcovers hard normally are. No, the yeah, hard, no, 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 the paperback's the... more expensive. The hardcover oh, is forty-one dollars. Oh. The paperback is forty-three dollars. No. Oh. Well, it was a it was gifted to me. So to the individual that gifted it to me, you know who you are. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what the hell? And I guess. I'll carry on the thing that <laughs> what we were the? kind of talking about. <laughs> what the? <laughs> um, um, words. <laughs> um, we were talking about how, you know, the Scandinavians viewed it as that it was a journey. And I know that, I believe, well, all of us have dabbled with realm travel to a point. 
And I would imagine, I mean, I don't have anything to back it up other than the fact that I know that the, in the one instance when I realm traveled, I know that I woke up on the other side and then I had, I had things that were there to like, they were there to guide me. I just wasn't able to stick around that long. I would imagine that when we actually die, that you just, you come to somewhere on the other side and then you have to make your way there. Um, whether that's you, whether that's like that you wander around there trying to figure things out for a while before you eventually go to hell or you're just taken directly there. And then you can even see that in the ways of like, if you look into like the old Greek stuff, you know, people would end up with, they would end up, uh, I can't remember the exact name of the place, but they ended up on one side of this water or river, whatever it was, and then Karen would come and get them and take them to the underworld. I'm talking about the other river six. <clears throat> yeah. I just couldn't remember the exact words. It's been a long time since I've been Greek stuff. But uh, you can see that in a lot of different afterlifes. So even like, like, I believe it's the Egyptian. Uh, they viewed it as well as like it was a journey. Uh, and that's why they were buried with so many possessions and things like that. Um, and then they would, I can't remember ex the exact turn of events that they would have, but I know they had to have their hearts weighed, things like that, depending on how, like, if the, what their heart weighed compared to something, they either went to a we good a place feather, or they went to a bad place. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Um, but then they made their journey through like the field of breeds. And that was the, you know, the good afterlife. Yeah. And, uh, you know, transitioning over more into that spirit travel kind of thing. Um, you know, from what I understand in my research and stuff like that. And I, maybe, and I think that's where I'm getting this idea of like, you know, as far as death itself, I don't see any one person as being right or wrong. I think, you know, mm -hmm. everyone just has a different way of looking at the same thing. Um, yeah. And when you definitely start looking into shamanic practices, you know, this is something that, you know, people have practiced all around the world, all the way from South America, Siberia, Mongolia, Africa, uh, you know, Finland, Scandinavia, the Sami people, Native Americans, every continent on this planet, people who practice Semitic practice, see the same things. They might call them something different, but somehow, some way, without communicating each other, uh, you know, verbally, they see the same thing. And that's, I think, the most reassuring uh, aspect of spiritual, you know, spiritual exploration I've had is, you know, now that I've been able to do a little bit of realm travel, a little bit of that spirit walking, um, you see that, you know, oh, it's like uh, the first time I talked about uh, when I did an ancestor thing, Ian, and I was talking about it with you and Blade, and I drew a picture of what I saw and Blade had drawn a picture of almost the same thing. Like, that's whack. I saw two houses with the lights on uh, with a gnarly little like willow tree next to it. And sure enough, he drew a picture of the same thing like a month prior. That's yeah, why. Yeah, because then there was other things too, like that, you know, because it was, if I'm not mistaken, that was the, it was Helheim, I believe, is what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, because I have, you know, and then there was other things that I was bouncing, you know, the three of us all together, yeah, were bouncing things off that we had not previously discussed. And it was, it was a little freaky at first, not gonna lie. It was, it's a little, always a little freaky when you kind of have those kind of conversations where it's like you have somebody that you haven't spoken to about this in this detail. And yeah, like Blade slaps up a picture of something, like you said, that he had drawn. And I was just like, oh, this is also very familiar to me as well. Like, I know exactly what you guys are talking about without having had this conversation previously. And it's just, well, yeah, it is, it's, it's, go ahead. I was just gonna say, in the way the shaman book I'm reading right now, um, of course, it's just uh, someone else's account of his talking to somebody, but I believe it. Um, he was talking, it was a guy, I forget what nationality is, I think he's British, uh, traveled down to South America and hung out with one of the tribes down there and went on a spiritual journey. Um, and when he was there, he like recorded some of the things he saw, obviously when he woke up, he talked to the, the medicine man there, the shaman. 
and told him the things he saw. And he was like, oh, wow, you saw those things. That's really cool. Most people don't see those the first time. You know, it's like he was like, yeah, I've seen those things before. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wild because one of the things he describes as seeing is a Viking longship like a ship that looked like a Viking longship, you know, and he's in the jungles of South Africa, South America. And according to the like guy he did it with, he's like, yeah, I've seen those before too. So it's like, there's something there, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I do want to kind of go ahead and start that transition over, you know, to dealing with, uh, you know, hardship in life. And I think this is a good conversation to, you know, with loss, like, you know, of course we can be the people to sit here and tell you like, you know, oh, you know, honor their memory. You know, if somebody dies, you know, cherish them, do what they would want. But that doesn't change the fact that it sucks. I mean, it sucks when somebody dies and that's okay for it to suck because it sucks for everybody. No one wants to think of someone not being in their life anymore. No one wants to think, oh, wow, that last conversation and something like Caleb, you brought up, you know, sometimes that last conversation is what haunts us or that what the words that weren't said haunts us um, because it's, you know, you can't do it anymore. And so I, I think, yeah, it's time to tra uh, transition over to talking about uh, when things are hard, when someone does die or when life gets hard, uh, you know, your bills are due and you can't afford it. You know, when you turn to the gods and you start asking them why, you know, the gods aren't going to, you know, send someone back from the dead. The gods are not going to hand you a pile of money, um, you know, but yet they still help us in some way. So um, you guys want to expand on that a little bit and kind of your experiences with how gods help with grief in, in some way? Caleb, I'll let you go first. You got it. <laughs> let me go first. <laughs> I got a rowdy dog right now. That's why. <laughs> oh, feed me here. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, take a moment. I'm going to turn my light on. So let's take a take a take a moment to kind of collect our thoughts on it. <clears throat> That's why I passed it off to you guys because I was like, "Fuck, I need to think about this." <laughs> Put them on the spot first. <laughs> well, you're trying to hit hit home with me with the damn money thing. That's like well, everything I'm dealing with right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I, I kind of see it the same way as you would any other any other issue that you would have uh, when it comes to asking the gods. Um, I don't mean that in a negative or in a bad way, but just as the matter of like you don't exactly ask them for help. You ask them for guidance or what you need to do. Um, things like, things like that. I mean, if, especially if you're having, if you're having issues with, you know, money, something like that, then it would be good to speak to like New York, for instance, because he's, you know, he kind of covers prosperity. Um, and you could, I could see the same thing for, you know, Freyr you know, or even Thor because of like that fertility aspect, but it's more in the, in the realm of, uh, you know, growing things out of the land and the harvest and that aspect of it, but it could, it could still be a matter of, you know, wealth. Um, and then when dealing with dealing with the actual hardship and, of loss itself, uh, I mean, hell, you can always go and speak to her. I'm sure Ian will speak volumes about that because he works with her so much. Um, but as far as I, I touched on it earlier, whenever I was talking about how I finally was able to connect with my uncle after you know, almost 10 years of it being gone. Uh, and it, there wasn't, there wasn't even any words said between us. It was when I finally connected to him. Uh, then, you know, I just felt, I just felt like arms wrapped around me. My head went into a, into a familiar chest and that's all, you know, that was all I needed. And I feel like he wanted, he wanted that as much as I did. 
And then now it's just, I don't know, we don't exactly talk a whole hell of a lot, but there's just times I feel like I have to take that item that, you know, those dog tags, the only thing that he, uh, that I still have left that he gave me. And I just have to bring them with me sometimes because he wants to experience things as I'm experiencing them. Um, and that could even be a way of you doing things. If you have some sort of a, a memento from them or something that was theirs or that they had given you in the past, you know, carry that with you and focus on them while, that, while you're doing that. Not in, not in the way of keeping you bogged down in it, but as a way of kind of, I want to say like taking this, taking like the energy or the, the energy of that moment and sending it to them kind of like a gift. And that way there's, you know, you're still sharing that life with them. Right. Um, one thing I was thinking about is uh, the beauty of polytheism. And again, this is a, a critique of monotheism is anytime you have a problem, you, you know, monotheistic religion, you go to the same thing. Oh God. You know, uh, oh, someone died. Oh God. Oh, life's hard. Oh God. You know, uh, I, you know, cat died. Oh God. You know, you go to the same thing, you know, and Catholicism is a little different. You know, you have patron saints, but you're basically, you know, like basically pagans. Uh, <laughs> and it, it comes from that same idea is when you have a problem, you know, we have multiple deities to solve it. Like you said, um, if you have a problem of death and loss, talk to hell. If you have problems with prosperity, talk to Frere, talk to Nior, talk to Odin. We know Odin is a prosperity deity at times too when it comes to actual physical wealth. Um, if you have a problem in love, talk to Freya. Uh, and so I think you have a lot of options there. But I do definitely, I want to outline here is the gods, once again, you know, as Caleb said as well, the gods are not going to solve your problems. They are not going to make magic, magical money appear from the heavens. They will not bring someone back from the dead. They will not uh, set you back together with the girlfriend that broke your heart. You know, that's not how things work. And I, I think a lot, I see a lot of people get burned when they come in uh, to really any religion. And they think that the gods just snap their fingers and make things happen. Maybe this is media's fault. I don't know where this misconception is coming from, uh, you know, entirely. I mean, I'm sure I've, I've thought it as well. But yeah, the gods don't just snap their fingers and make things happen. They may give you opportunities to, you know, put you on the path that sends you the right answer or the right way. Uh, but at the end of the day, nothing is going to save you from the fact that life gets hard. Um, and that's not something to tell you that, like, your problems don't matter. Of course, your problems matter. But at the same time, you can't most people in this world can't magically make their problems go away. My it was something that I kind of thought of while well, you know just listening, and it was is I think it's a good lesson to kind of take away from this this conversation in general is kind of like you know talking about like what you were just saying, Jacob. You know the gods aren't going to just naturally snap their fingers and make things disappear. The 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 thing about the beauty of of you know Norse paganism. God, I can't talk today with this one. <laughs> the beauty with. Um, Norse paganism specifically uh, is that the gods have all gone through their own hardships and it is talked about within stories and the and poems and things like that in the mythology they've all gone through their own versions of hardships hence why they've gotten some of their you know they've become you know deities of that opposite because they have found a way to uh, you know to better it or you know give me a second pip's trying to bark at kids right now <laughs> i was literally clamping his jaw shut <laughs> yeah i mean the all the gods have gone through a hardship of their own and i feel like that is where it's it's easier to kind of 
reach it's, it's easier to reach out and have a sense of understanding with the particular deities because usually the ones that we've reached to are the ones that have probably gone through something very similar like for example uh with luck in, involving freya you know if you look into freya's golden tears and the entire sword behind her and her you know her lover that she is destined to never ever see again you know like that is that is intense that's a lot well you know she has a personal experience they're not you know it's that that mindset of that they yes they are all-powerful beings but they have lived lives very much like all of us to some degree so there's that that understanding firsthand of how shitty things can be yeah i think uh i think that's a really great way to put it um and whether those aspects are something the gods actually did or if that's just something that you know came along in stories you know it doesn't change the fact that they can help um you know let's just say that you know freya's aspect of having a forlonged lover that disappeared that she never sees again that she's constantly searching for um that could have just been a story that someone told around a fire about actual lovers that went through that. It's still a lesson. And I think there's still a lesson to be learned there. Um, you know, is that Freya got, lo uh, you know, lovesick, you know, Freya is a lovesick deity. And it's okay for us to be lovesick as well. But at the same time, you know, they there is an answer there in in, in that in that comfort, I think, you know, again, they're not isn't going to snap her fingers and make your problems go away. But there's a sympathy there. Um, and I think that sympathy is sometimes what we need is someone also going through those same things. Yeah, that's that's exactly you know like along the, the way that I was thinking about it, just put into better words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> words hard. Um, yeah, you know it's it's just more relatable. You know, it's it's a, there's that sense of understanding um, and comfort in knowing that. Well, you know, here's an example. I, again, I think we've kind of talked about this in the podcast a little, or at least I brought up, is I think it's important for people to hear our experiences to know they're not alone in those experiences. Um, it's the same thing with depression, anxiety, fear, all these things. These are things that every human experiences. And I think it's really important for, you know, people who, you know, if you look up to somebody for them to say, hey, I've had these problems too. Um, you know, I've mentioned it before, you know, a YouTuber I really look up to has opens up about how hard it is to be a YouTuber. Um, you know, he has millions of followers and I'm sure again, his money, the amount of money he makes off of YouTube helps a lot, but it's nice to hear that he struggles making videos. It's nice to hear he has anxiety about, uh, analytics, about comments, about likes. Um, you know, it makes me feel better. And so when we, we flip that to a deity, you know, a deity is in theory, some, someone we look up to, someone we look to get lessons from. And so to read that Odin struggled with madness, to read that Odin struggled with fear of loss, you know, these things make us feel better because we're like, if a god struggles with this, you know, I can't be expected to be impervious to it. And I think that's one of the things that is so important about this faith is it teaches you that it's okay to be in despair. It happens to the best of us, but I do think it also encourages you to get out of it, um, encourages you to take the next step, to dust yourself up and keep going, um, because this is the life we live. Um, you know, and I think one of the most important lines in the have them all is that, you know, you only, you know, get to enjoy Midgard's pleasures while you're here. You know, if you're not here anymore, you don't get to enjoy it. We don't know what's in the next life, and you most likely will not get to enjoy what you enjoyed here. Shit just got heavy all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, yeah, where do where do we go from that one? You know, like, yeah, where do you where do you go from that? <laughs> gonna break the ice. Nobody else is going to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of it. You know, it, it's interesting thinking about 
experiences, you know, like I've had many people message me about hard times and stuff like that. It's just something that happens, uh, whether it's through disease. I mean, something like, you know, cancer, uh, you know, you can't snap your fingers, and make cancer go away. You can't pray to ear and make cancer go away. Um, a lot of the times there's things in life that are just a buckle down and get through it. Um, and that's a hard thing to, to tell people because a lot of the times you don't want to buckle down and get through it. A lot of times when people are reaching out to ask for help, it's because they're done. It's because they hit that rope. Um, and I think that's also where community comes in again, because the gods aren't going to snap their fingers and make your problems go away. A community can't do that as well, but a community can give you that support, um, which is one of the struggles of being a Norse pagan um, is sometimes you don't have that community or you don't have it close. Um, and why I think the church still has such a strong grip um, is because, you know, I, there is a church literally a block away. I could go be a member tomorrow if I wanted to be. And by Sunday, I could be in a room with 150 people um, of that church. I could start making friends and networking, even if I don't believe in what they believe. And that's a very strong and powerful thing. Um, we can't do that as Norse pagans, at least not easily. Um, and so that online community has really become that for a lot of people as, be, you know, how many people in our discord come in saying I've had a hard day or here's my problems. I mean, it's great. People are able to open up to us um, and share those experiences. We can't snap our fingers and make them go away, but we can help. Um, so online communities for that, you know, last episode, we went around the, uh, around the circle talking about the negatives and positives of social media, but that is one of the positives, um, is that it, it's given us a way to have an online community. Um, it doesn't solve your problems, but it gives you a place to come and, and decompress and talk about them. So for the last section here, guys, I want to talk about, um, some scenarios that kind of pop up again, you know, maybe these are a little bit more lighthearted, uh, but I've seen this a lot is people get really wrapped up into a relationship and it ends. This is a, a classic cliche of life. So you fall in love and then you get your heart broken and the gods get wrapped up into that. And all of a sudden you're like asking the gods, why did this happen? Why did love fall apart? I mean, I've been there. I've been there. You know, you want to call out to the God. Anytime something bad happens, you want to go out to the uh, middle of a field. And you're like, why? Why? You know, and a lot of the times the gods are like, Cause that's life. And I feel like that's all they have to say. Sometimes, you know, it's very rare. I feel like the gods actually turn and say, you know what? That person is having a very unique experience and I need to interfere. I don't think that's going to happen with a breakup, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Been there. Done that. Don't, you know, and I think I got another good thing too. I mean, my biggest thing is I'm such, I'm so damn stubborn and I like to try to, you know, pick fights with, with things that are far older and I don't even understand all the time, you know, regarding like the Norns, I've always been like, no, I can, I can change my fate. I feel like I'm Meredith sometimes from the movie Brave. I try to change my fate and you know what? That's just not gonna happen. Uh, you know, and that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Um, <laughs> it doesn't always go that way. Well, I feel like there's a, there's a very Buddhist lesson in there as far as not, uh, you know, we've kind of talked about this a little is, you know, not feeling too much of one thing. You know, if you let yourself get overly happy and overly excited and, oh, my gosh, life's amazing. I'm so in love. Ah, ah, ah. The moment it drops, you're going to feel that in the exact opposite reverse. You go, oh, my God, life is meaningless. There's nothing here. Oh, my God. You know, it's a it's a bipolar, you know, and yes, some people have actual bipolar disorder and they can't control that. But I feel like a lot of us get roped into that of letting ourselves feel way too much of those highs. And we're going to get really hurt when we get hit by that low. Um, and I think that's part of growing up and, and maybe coming a little bit harder and sterner. Maybe that's just what life does to us. Um, you know, you, when you're 16, you're so fucking in love. You want to marry them. You want to have their babies. You want to spend every waking moment with them. 
And then you hit like 28 and you're like, this is pretty chill. Glad we're hanging out. Should we go get some dinner. Yeah, it's pretty chill. You know, that I feel like it just becomes that natural thing. You know, passion doesn't necessarily need to die. Uh, but we just get to the point where we don't allow ourselves to get so fucking excited about things because we know life is going to come around the next corner and smack you in the face and tell you, you know what? Life kind of sucks, bud. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's always, like, everybody gets to a point where they don't know what else to do other than to just go outside scream at the you know scream at the sky and try to find something to blame for everything going wrong in your life um but i guess like uh i don't know i don't remember that much about like relate like high school relationships shit like it because i've been with Amber. i've been with amber since 2000 2013 man like i was a what was i a damn yeah, tell me a, a sophomore. Tell me about your like sixth grade breakup, Caleb. How much did it break your heart? <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> but the thing I will talk about, because I'm sure that there's other people that probably there's other people out there like this or that they were like this once themselves. Um, and so one of the things that happened to me, because there was just a lot of bad shit that happened in my life at the time that I was like, I don't know between like the age of 10 and 13 or 10 and 14. I'll say that. Uh, and it just got me to the point to where I didn't want to allow myself to get hurt. anymore. Um, and so I just cut myself off from everything emotional because if I did that, I couldn't get hurt anymore. At least not, you know, I could still get hurt physically, but I couldn't get hurt, you know, in here. Um, and so I had, like, I had built up these walls per se or something like that. Uh, and, you know, I never took them down. I thought that they, I eventually, I thought I had after, I don't know, 10 years of having them or some shit like that. Like, uh, I don't know, 2020, something like that. You know, I thought I had taken them all down and it wasn't until after, uh, the fall gathering when I just, you know, got wrecked by a bunch of shit that, that actually like broke through the last bit of that. And I actually like figured out like what love was for the first time because I'd never actually let myself truly feel that in, you know, almost 10 years or over 10 years um, because I didn't want to get hurt by it anymore, you know, either for caring about a family member or, you know, uh, uh, you know, a girlfriend or whatever. Um, and so that was making my, like, I just discovered that like, shit, I could actually be really vulnerable again. And it's been a hard thing of me not trying to go back to, you know, where I was emotionally cut off because life is so much better when you're not. I think um, like a way I'm kind of picturing it right now, I'm a very visual thinker. You know, what I'm picturing right now when it comes to the gods, I mean, why follow them? If they're not going to solve your problems, why follow the gods? Well, first off, no religion is going to solve your problems. I mean, truly. But the way I see the gods is it's a river. It's going with the flow. It's understanding that, hey, you're going to hit a rock every now and then. But you know what? Around the corner, it's going to be a nice, smooth sailing. You know, religion... Norse paganism is that river. It's the acceptance of the good and the bad. It's acceptance of you're on a journey. It's the acceptance that eventually you're going to get somewhere and that, that place is called death. Um, and you're going to have an experience. But at the end of the day, all that is really remains is the memories you get left behind. And I, I think that's the best way, you know, day of day of you know, cattle die, men die, you know, you yourself will also die. But you know, someone who wins a good reputation never dies. I mean, that's 
why I feel like I live life now. I want to, I want to have an adventure. I want to meet people. I want to share my story. Uh, I want to tell them about what I've been. I want to share where I've been, um, share the funny things, share the bad things, share the good things, because ultimately I think that's the only reason to live. <laughs> life kind of sucks. Ian, why you keep being so quiet? <laughs> Well, Ian, agree with you're the emo here. Agree with us at life. I, no, it's 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 edge lord. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, your edge lordiness. Oh. As he pulls the <laughs> as he pulls the 1930s mustache back out, yeah, yeah. tie some girls up <laughs> to a train track. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, obviously, yeah. All the stuff that you are saying. It, I definitely agree with like life does like it has its ups and downs. It is just how you handle it. I mean, I've I've lost friends, I've lost family members. Um, you know, it's I've compared to you know other people that I I consider good friends and and or family. Like I've experienced enough life, you know, for ten lives at this point. You know, and a lot of people can can you know understand that that sentence quite a quite a bit um and it's just i don't know like the way that that i've always handled things has always been so different i would say from your your stereotypical like cookie cutter way of handling things just because i've been thrown so many different curveball situations but then yeah you start to you start to reach out and connect with people and you find out that hey somebody else went through the same thing and then you have that connection with them you know i don't know i i this it's i really just have i don't have a lot of thoughts which is surprising for this episode i don't know you were so pumped for <laughs> like, it too you were like oh yeah i was i was like oh yeah yeah waiting to hear all this hell like, stuff you were ready to say all right oh, talk about the edge lord well, goddess herself <laughs> i don't know i mean like that's just with death specifically but i mean with just dealing with hardships in general like that's you know such a broader term like i said before like that's such a you know, when you bring, you know, religion into it, specifically, or spiritual spirituality into it, particularly Norse paganism, like I said before, you know, the gods have all gone through their own hardships of various kinds, and they came out of it, you know, and sure, did it leave? Kind of. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> did, they, you know, did, it, did it leave? Well, that's, a, you know, and that's kind of the, the, the reassuring thing in some way about it is that they didn't necessarily just snap their fingers and made it shit go away. You know, they are still dealing with, you know, whether it's physical scars in, you know, say like tears uh, situation, you know, or Odin, you know, giving his eye, that's, you know, that's a little bit different, but, you know, whether it's physical scars or emotional scars, like they are, the, they are still dealing with it. You know, it's not something that, like I said, they magically snapped their fingers and made it go away for themselves. Right. So I mean, it, look, it, look it, at it like Tyr couldn't make his arm grow back. I Odin couldn't make yeah. his eye grow back. And, you know, he couldn't make it, you know, no matter what Odin did, he couldn't save his son. No matter what Frigg tried to do, she couldn't bring him back. Yeah. And you can't do the same. Yeah. You can't make an arm grow back. You can't make an eye grow back. You can't make a son come back from the dead. It sucks, but no one can truly make those things happen. No. And I, it's, it's the way that you carry on afterwards is... Uh, personally to me is where it's where truly matters you know like have your moment have your time to yourself you know and and you know have your pity party for yourself you know whether it's 
uh, hardship with finances or, you know, a breakup or something like that. Like give yourself that time, obviously, to, uh, you know, feel bad for yourself, but then don't stay in that state of mind. Oh, you know, push past that because that's where it counts. It's what you do after that. I think I have a good analogy for a breakup. Uh, so something I've always done uh, after a breakup is I always buy myself something. So there's something in my house for every breakup I've had. <laughs> it's usually something relatively expensive. Uh, you know, like one coat I have, I bought after like my second big breakup. I was like, I need to buy something to make me feel better. I'm going to buy a new coat. It's so nice. Oh my God, why is it so expensive? <laughs> but it makes me feel better. <laughs> and so I feel like no matter what, you know, you need to give yourself that time to and you know and even moments of extreme grief you know when my grandfather died i cried my eyes out allow yourself to cry you know when i had my one of my best friends in the universe stab me in the back at some point in my life i was angry i punched a hole in the wall you know i would let myself be enraged but eventually you have to come back and you know so let you don't don't fight it let yourself feel something and you know and maybe this is one of those positive masculinity things one of the problems with men nowadays uh, you know or you, you know even women is uh, let yourself feel something just don't let yourself be consumed by it and i think if you, you try to fight it you know the more you try to fight it the more you're going to either build that wall or let yourself be way too consumed by it we all get angry we all get sad it's okay let it happen take that breath but the next day the next time you wake up the next time you go outside you start making the next day even better and I think that's the best advice I've ever given to somebody is, hey, it sucks now. It's still going to suck tomorrow, but it might be a little better. And the next day might be a little better. And maybe six months from now, it's going to be a lot better. But it's, you're still going to have to walk that walk. It's still going to take six months. It's still going to take a year. Um, and ultimately, the gods aren't going to solve your problems. And you shouldn't put the pressure on them for them to do it. Otherwise, you're going to ruin your spiritual belief. Um, you know, And that's not necessary, really. No, I mean, I was thinking like the only thing else that I could say is like if I had had the gods at the time that whenever I, you know, basically just blocked myself off emotionally from things and just became this like emotionless void. That's what I really like. That's all I really thought about myself was like I just didn't let myself feel. Um, but if I'd have had them, then I probably, you know, wouldn't have done that because I would have had something that could have asked for guidance or whatever. I was just kind of lost and avoid and just that was my way of getting out of it so take advantage you know take advantage of good guidance ask you know ask for it they're not going to hold your hand and do it but they'll at least point you know point in the right direction for you go outside you know go outside <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, everyone, thank you for joining for this episode. I know it's been kind of a whirlwind, uh, but I hope it's been helpful for you. This has been a hard topic for us to talk about as well, because uh, ultimately, you know, what advice we give is, you know, it could be helpful, but you're the one that has to walk the walk. And I'm sorry you have to walk it. I'm sorry if you're going through a hard time right now. I'm sorry if you're going through a breakup, a loss, a disease, um, financial hardship. Life is hard. I, You know, we've been through it, maybe not to the same severity. It's different, but this is life and it does suck. But I really recommend, I think all of us recommend here, um, is the gods could be here for you to help you understand why it's happening, but there's nothing in the universe that can snap its fingers and make your problems go away. Um, a lot of the times it's just getting through it. Um, and I hope you're able to find a community, a support network uh, that can help you get through it. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's important for us to share here at the very end, you know, we understand that there are uh, mental uh, problems out there, mental diseases that, you know, prevent you from dealing with some of these things. 
the gods aren't going to prevent them either. They're not going to support them. Go get help. You know, go see a therapist. You know, go go to a hospital. You know, get the help you need. Um, you know, get the you know the guidance you need. And the gods are still going to be there for you. But uh, you know, I really want to help people prevent from blaming the gods for the problems. I've done it before. It's easy to do. Um, but don't don't destroy your religion um, just because life is hard. Uh, but with that. I'm not even going to do the folk podcast plug because uh, <laughs> you know, it feels a little wrong at this point. Uh, but stay safe out there. Um, keep it going. Just keep swimming. There we go. That's the way to end it. <laughs> Just keep swimming.